You're listening to the Airline Pilot Guy Show. The view from our side of the cockpit door. WAPG. It's the Airline Pilot Guy. Airline Pilot Guy episode 547. Hello, you're listening to the Airline Pilot Guy Show. The view from our side of the cockpit door. With your host, Captain Jeff, broadcasting live from Studio 3G in Madison, Wisconsin. Today's show is recorded on the 7th of December, 2022. Today's episode, a small plane crashes into high-voltage electric lines in Maryland, leading to the dramatic rescue of the two people on board. A runaway pitch trim forces the SkyWest crew to declare an emergency after takeoff from Newark. More news and your feedback, so get all settled in. Tray tables and seat backs in the upright and locked positions. Electronic devices powered on. I'm Radio Roger. Flight 547 is ready for pushback. Thank you, Radio Roger. He's an award-winning TV and radio reporter, currently at the number one all-news station in the nation, 1010 Winds on 92.3 FM in New York City. Welcome to the Airline Pilot Guy Show. It's an aviation podcast covering the latest in aviation news and answering your great feedback. I'm Captain Jeff, a pilot at a major legacy airline based in Atlanta, Georgia. And joining me today... From her studio in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, retired financier and aviation enthusiast, spreadsheet master, and our producer, director, it's Liz Piper. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Liz. So, hey, it's just you and me here today. Um, here we are. Yeah, here yeah. we are. You're in Toronto. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, on the 6th of December yeah. is when we're recording this. So we're doing a little bit. No, normally we ju- you know introduce everybody, but we're the only ones here today. Uh, and then we jump right into the uh, aviation news of the week. But before we do that, we need to explain something. This is a little bit of a different show we're doing today. Um, first of all, uh, you're not going to have a lot of back and forth when you have multiple co-hosts. Um, so it should be a shorter show. And I'm, I'm hoping for that because, you know, it'll be less of a, a job for me to do the post-editing work. Um, and in another way that's going, the thing that we're going to do here to help out that post-editing thing is that I'm not going to do all the bells and whistles that I normally do. Like uh, if you're used to uh, listening to the audio only podcast and you're uh, podcast client software is able to show the chapter images and that kind of thing. Well, you're going to notice that the only chapter image that you see there is the cover art for episode 547, which we don't know the name of the show yet. We usually come up with that at the, the end of it or after we recorded, and then we come up with the artwork and stuff. So that's all you're going to see there. Uh, so it's going to be easy for me. It's a lot of work, um, after the fact. So that's eliminated. Uh, on the uh, website itself, the post on the uh, WordPress site, the airlinepilotguy.com website, uh, for this show, uh, I'm going to have some links for some of the articles that we cover here today, the news articles and perhaps some of the links and feedback. But that's it. I'm not going to 
put the time codes there because that takes some extra time as well. So, but the links will be there if you want to delve in more deeply to some of the items that we cover here today. So, uh, and the reason why you didn't get a show last week is because, well, I think I mentioned, Liz, did I mention that uh, I, I have had have an yet. offer no. on the house? Okay. So I we did receive an offer on the house, my marital residence of the last 21 years, 21, a little over 21 years now. Uh, we got an offer going back and forth with the uh, buyers. Uh, purchasers, you know, the, yeah. yeah. The purchasers, the negotiations that you do with the price and all that kind of stuff, the haggling. They had people doing come the dance. in, doing the dance, look at, you know, do an inspection and, you know, this, this, that, and we don't like this. We want you to do this. And anyway, we went through all that thinking that, well, this definitely is not going to go through. Uh, these people, you just aren't serious. And uh, turns out they were. They really did want the house. And so we came up with um, a price and um, it's uh, going to close on Friday of this week. It's Tuesday. So just in a few days. And so I kind of started a little minor panic uh, when I realized, oh, crap, this, this thing's really happening. Still got a lot of stuff in the house that we need to move out and uh, a lot of planning for where I'm going to go next. Uh, I know many of you know that my plan is to do full-time RV life. I don't have an RV yet, so <laughs> I can't do that yet. So that's hopefully coming sometime next year, spring, late spring, early summer. That's what I'm kind of planning on. But in the meantime, I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to do like full-time, well, between trips, just live in hotels or Airbnbs or whatever. And then I, the more I've been thinking about it, I'm thinking maybe it would be better for me to be in an apartment. So I've been looking at apartments or actually I haven't looked at any yet, but I've been doing some research on it. So I, I need to come up with something really, really quickly uh, because this is happening very soon. So now you understand why I, I didn't have time last week to do a show and uh, I really don't have time this week either. <laughs> But I really care about our audience and, you know, getting something there to let you know that we're still all alive and, and uh, we're in good health and uh, we want to be producing these things every week as we have been for so many years. Uh, but uh, hopefully after this, all the dust settles on the sale of the house and I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out or I have figured out where I'm going to be, the new APG headquarters for at least the next six months or so, um, then we'll get back to a regular schedule. So Yeah, might have a little break around Christmas, but yeah. we'll, then we'll probably be back at it. Right, right. So don't anybody fear, like, what, what's the term that we use in the podcasting world? Pod fading or a pod. I'm not a, we're not pod oh, faders. Mm -mm. We do not have no. any intention to stop doing what we're doing. Uh, because we get a lot of great feedback from people that tell us that this has been an important part in their lives or, or an important thing in their lives. Element. Inspiring yeah. and them mm -hmm. and, and uh, helping them, you know, work out career paths and that kind of thing. In fact, I just met a guy, uh, Liz, today when I was in Atlanta. Um, I'm on day two of a three-day trip right now. Uh, he came up to me while I was eating um, lunch, late breakfast with uh, – my good friend, favorite uh, first officer, Brent. And uh, he said, are you Captain Jeff? I said, uh-huh. And this guy's wearing a an Acme uniform. And uh, he said, yeah, I've been listening to your show for, for a while, and it's really helped me out. And he just got out of the, not long ago, out of the Navy, or no, I'm sorry, the Air Force, and uh, who is uh, now uh, with Acme Airlines. It has been for 
a little while. And so, flying on your fleet, yeah? Yeah, he's on. He's a first officer on the 717 fleet. So I'm um, hoping that maybe cool. I'll get a chance to fly with Jason uh, sometime in the future. So uh, that's just an example that it's an important thing. But Not we got only- a couple of feedback items today, too, about people commenting on what the show meant to them, which is kind of cool too. That's always good. I loved, you know, we all love to hear that here on the APG crew Mm -hmm. because it makes it, you know, honestly though, you know what, even if we never got any positive feedback, we'd probably still do the darn thing because it's our excuse to get together uh, with good friends every week and uh, share our love of aviation and beer and, and other things. So um, and it truly was just a scheduling issue this week that the others aren't here. They're, they haven't yeah. they haven't walked away. They're just busy. That's what I'm hoping anyway. I'm, I'm relying on... Well, that's what on, they're telling us anyway. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what they're telling us. <laughs> I did... Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I can, tell, I can talk about this in the uh, getting to know us segment, I guess. But without further ado, I think that uh, yeah. now that we've kind of explained what we're doing here, it's a little bit different thing. Oh, and I, maybe I didn't uh, mention the most crucial part of this experiment that we're doing here today, Liz. And that is, yes, I am not going, what you're hearing right now, what we're recording directly is not going to be edited. It's is like a one, I think I called it a one take, no cuts. So hopefully- It's a reality podcast. Unless something really crashes, like the internet goes down or my computer yeah. stops or yeah. something, you know, or, or Liz's. You have uh, to fix that, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to fix that. But barring That's something like that. That's not going to happen. No. So here we go. So we're not taking any breaks. Or here anything. we go. All right. So let's, let's uh, hit the news sounder. What do you think? You ready? Yeah, yeah I'm ready. Stand by for news. This is a shocking story that we're starting off with this week, or it could have been anyway. Um, and we don't want to leave them hanging. Uh, there you go. We're showing um, a picture, a slide in the video, if you happen to be watching that, uh, of uh, an airplane literally hanging in a very shocking position on a uh, high tension, high energy, electrical tower, supply tower. I mean, like one of these things that looks like goes up a couple hundred feet, you know, super tall <laughs> tower. And uh, say hi to Poppy for me. <laughs> um, Sorry. Oh, that's right. Oh, look, Poppy, if you're watching the video, there's Poppy. Hi, Poppy. Anyway, um, so they um, this airplane ends up uh, where it shouldn't be. Uh, let's see. I think a few people sent this uh, news item in, uh, one of them being Ken. He says, Dear APG crew, my mother and sister in Rockville, Maryland lost their power last night, and it was because of this. Sent us a link to a WashingtonPost.com article. Unbelievably, unbelievably, both of the aircraft's occupants survived and were rescued. And then uh, there is also a, a YouTube video that I'll have a link to in the show notes. Uh, from uh, the AOPA Air Safety Institute uh, talking about this um, this uh, incident, accident, whatever you want to call it. Uh, let me read a little bit of the narrative. 
Uh, a pilot and a passenger were rescued from a small plane that had crashed into a power line tower and power lines in Maryland after an hours-long ordeal that saw power cut to nearly 100,000 homes and businesses, led to school cancellations, and plunged rescuers into a complex effort to safely remove the people on board. Both the pilot and passenger were pulled from the plane and onto large buckets attached to towering cranes shortly after midnight. Montgomery County Fire Chief Scott Goldstein said the pilot and passenger suffered orthopedic injuries, trauma, and had hypothermia issues. Uh, Both of them assisted us in their movement from the aircraft. And before they were extricated, Goldstein said technicians had to conduct bonding and grounding operations to make the tower safe. Doing so took about an hour, and they finished up with that about 11.30 p.m. on Sunday. The technicians and rescuers then secured the airplane to the tower. Uh, The plane was removed about 3 a.m. Monday morning, hours after power was restored at 1.34. The first victim, a woman, was pulled from the plane at 12.25 a.m. Let's see, residents who had spent hours watching the incident play out clapped as she was lowered down in a a bucket. The second occupant, a man, the pilot, came down about 11 minutes later. Um, So let's tell you a little bit about this. This is a Mooney. Uh, let's see. The identifier of the Mooney was. Hmm, I have it here. Is somewhere. it on here? Is it on that flight? Yeah, aware? It's somewhere no? I think, but probably clipped that off. But um, anyway, it was M two O one Juliet. I think. I'm still. I still can't fi- find it. But hey, that's all right. I'm not going to go back and edit this. As I mentioned, we're just going straight through. Anyway, somewhere in the show notes, maybe, you'll see uh, the identifier of this. I thought I had a picture of this Mooney uh, with the tail number on the back, uh, but apparently it somehow didn't nope. make my folder. Okay, anyway. Um, so they, uh, this airplane is based in Montgomery County uh, Air Park uh, near Gaithersburg, Maryland. The uh, pilot and his friend both in their 60s, I believe, uh, maybe mid to late 60s, uh, flew from Montgomery County Air Park uh, up to uh, White Plains. And Liz is showing the uh, slide of the um, the path on uh, a Were they going to visit flyer. Roger? I think they were, yeah. yeah. Roger's up there in White Plains. I don't know. They may, they may have because they were up there for a few hours before they returned. And this is the plot mm. uh, of the uh, route that they took on the way back and I believe it was already dark you know it gets dark kind of early this this time of year and so that shows their track uh, almost due west out of uh, White Plains avoiding the uh, the greater New York City area and then uh, by uh, down through uh, southeastern Pennsylvania then into Maryland and there's a little part of their path that I probably should have done a little mm-hmm. zoom in thing on uh, that kind of shows it making this turn like uh, 90 degrees to the right. Uh, so kind of to the northwest and then kind of circling back around in a in a counterclockwise or anticlockwise manner back on a track to one of the uh, fixes on the approach, uh, RNAV approach that they were going to perform to runway 14 at the Montgomery County airport in Gaithersburg. And some people were 
wondering, there are, there are uh, some audio recordings here uh, regarding, um, you know, this exchange that air traffic control had with the uh, Mooney pilot. And uh, I have a little more information about that after we listen to the audio recording. So let me, um, let me go ahead and uh, play that. Uh, here we go. Uh, one Romeo Fox, I'm showing you made a northwestbound turn. Uh, if you turn left, left turn heading 240 and able to direct a big cut. Yeah, I'm showing you on like a 340 heading right now. Or one Romeo Fox, I, you might have it spelled incorrectly. Back is for me for 201 Romeo Fox heading 230 would put your right direct back. Uh, one Romeo Fox, it looks like you made a south down turn again. Uh, you're southeastbound now. I'm showing a heading of about uh, 175. Okay, that was it for that recording. So that was that part of their flight from White Plains, that New York. Kink. Yeah, a little kink in the path. Again, we'll uh, that'll be in the show notes uh, that you can you can see that little thing. And some people are thinking, well, what's going on? You know, does this person not know how to do their auto flight system or fly an airplane? You know, in IFR or they're really rusty? What's going on here? Um, let's see where what where did I read this? I think it was on uh, one of these videos. It could be that one that I have here from the AOPA, uh, the video that kind of goes over the analysis of, oh, Mooney M20J. Yep, M20 Juliet was the uh, uh, N registration number on it. Um, That they must have been, uh, no, I'm sorry, that's the model M20J. Hmm, I still don't know the, oh, here it is right there in front of me. November 201 Romeo Foxtrot was the uh, tail number. Uh, so they thought, you know, what, what's going on here? Well, in the comments on this video, the YouTube video, somebody said, you know, he said, uh, proceed directly to this fix, right? They, he said, um, Begka, Becca, and that's spelled B-E-G-K-A. Now, I don't know if the controller actually spelled that. Uh, that's not part of the recording that I have access to or not. Um, but somebody pointed out that not very far from where that Mooney was on that flight path uh, to the northwest of the position of the Mooney at that point was a fix, uh, which was B-E-C-K-A, Becca. Uh, oh, wow. So instead of B-E-G-C-K-A, it's B-E-C-K-A. And if he had entered that into his flight management computer, it would have definitely made a right turn and headed right up exactly the way that the... Um, the path on uh, flight aware is showing. And then finally, you know, the exchange with air traffic control got them going back in the right, correct direction. So that makes sense. That's why it was just a, a, a spelling error, apparently. Anyway, he continued his flight to the Montgomery County Air Park. And uh, it's, it's at night. The, the ceiling is down to 500 feet or lower, low ceiling. Um, Visibility was just over a mile, I believe. So conditions are deteriorating. Definitely IMC, instrument meteorological conditions at the time. Um, He, as far as everybody knows, is a fully rated uh, instrument um, flight rules pilot, IFR um, certificated or rated pilot. And so he's going to fly this RNAV approach. Now, I don't know at this point, whether he was going to fly the 
Uh, the you can put that approach plate up, uh, Liz, if you don't mind from the sides. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the if there are a couple of different ways to fly this approach, and one of them is called um, RN. Is RMP? Oh heck, where did the thing go? Now I'm trying to find my copy of that approach plate. Well, there it is. Uh, there's an LVP, LPV. I, I think I say that wrong every now and out, every now and then. An LPV um, minimums, which is kind of like a ILS approach, uh, gives you uh, a glide path and uh, track information. That takes you down to 269 feet above ground, or 789 um, mean sea level uh, altitude. Um, I don't know if that was the DA or the type of approach he was flying here or if he was flying like the non-precision method, uh, just the LNAV minimums, which uh, look like uh, take you down to 460 feet above ground. So either one of those probably would have gotten him right below that published or reported uh, cloud layer at 500 feet, just barely. So he would have gone just below that cloud and saw, saw things on the ground, lights and that kind of thing. Um, but again, not great visibility. Um, and when he switched over to the CTAF frequency for Montgomery County Air Park, um, the center controller or maybe the uh, approach control, probably the approach controller, noticed that uh, his altitude was a little bit low. And here's a recording of that. And low altitude alert. Small altimeter is 29044. Okay. So there was alert. He likely didn't hear that low altitude alert because he had already switched frequency to the uh, CTAF. They're, they're guessing. Of course, the good thing about this whole thing is that both people in the airplane are alive and in pretty good condition. There were some minor injuries, but not life-threatening injuries. Do you think that plane will be flyable again, Jeff? I don't from think what so. you can looks, see there? Looks pretty, no. <laughs> looks pretty total to me. I don't know. Maybe somebody mm-hmm. out there that has more experience with that kind of thing can let us know whether they believe that this thing is going to be, you know, fixable and flyable again, but uh, it looks in pretty bad shape to me. Um, I think the, the whole engine was ripped off from the firewall um, on the front of the airplane there. So that's not good, which you can't really see in these pictures. No. Um, And then uh, let's play a little bit of the uh, 911 call that the, um, the pilot, uh, what's his name again? Patrick Merkel. Uh, made to Montgomery County 911. Montgomery County 911. What's the address of the emergency? I've flown into a tower to the northwest of Gaithersburg Airport. It's one of the uh, electrical towers, and believe it or not, the aircraft is pinned in the tower. And I don't know how long we're going to be able to stay here, and I don't know. Wait, are uh, you the airplane pilot? Yeah, I'm the pilot. Okay, stay on the line with me. Okay, and you said it's uh, the northwest part of the airport? That's correct. We're northwest of Gaithersburg. And you said that you're pinned? We are in the tower. We are still in in the the plane. And we are in a... uh, Now we've got a a light that's coming at us. And uh, if they can get a... um, uh, a ladder truck up here. I don't know if it can reach this high. I don't know. Okay. I'm very concerned about my passenger. She was hurt. Yeah. How many people are on board? 
We have two people on board. Uh, I've got, uh, I think we got head injuries from being banged around in the cockpit. Okay. Is the other person awake and breathing? Yes. I'm just going to stay on the line with you in the meantime, okay? Well, that's fine. Um, I'm just concerned about our articulation and the, the possibility that we could slip out of this tower and okay. go tail first to the ground, and that would not be a survivable distance. And you do see the fire trucks in the police department there, correct? Yes. Okay, they're working on stabilizing everything and getting up to you guys, okay? Uh, bloody, I have a bloody nose, and uh, I have a, uh, I also have a little scrape on the left side of my head. Okay. And here's what I'm worried about. We're getting some serious wind. Are they doing anything yet? They're working on getting up to you guys. I, I know I keep on telling you that. That's the only update I have at this point. I can try to get one of the firefighters over here and see if they have more information on their end. I'm only reading from the notes in front of my screen here. Okay. You heard the voice of the uh, passenger, Jan passenger, Williams, yeah. uh, 66 of Louisiana, and Patrick, the pilot, 65 of Washington. Um, now, interestingly, on another news source that I found, they had a little bit more of the uh, transcript of the uh, exchange with M Montgomery County 911. Um, and I don't know what the context is here because I don't know what the question was, but the Mooney pilot, Patrick, said, totally a visibility issue. We were looking for the airport. I descended to the minimum altitude, and uh, then apparently I got down a little bit lower than I should have. So, oops. The, uh, yeah, they hit the tower about the hundred foot level. So I mean, he's down really close to the ground, and uh, that's why why he hit this tower. I mean, he's two point seven nautical miles from the end of the end of the runway. So you know, about three statute miles or so. So you know, not as close to the airport maybe as he thought. I have a feeling what happened. Again, this is all totally speculation that he was tracking on this RNAV and got down below the cloud layer, you know, right right at minimums, basically, or right right above minimums, and then was just flying around looking for something that looked familiar, like looked like an airport or runway or whatever, and then he just slammed right into this tower because the vis visibility was horrible. Um, and it's a miracle, I think, that, um, and you were talking about this, Liz, that uh, before we started recording the show, that, that you know, it's, a, it's really kind of a miracle that, he, you know, he, they weren't electrocuted, although that's what, actually what I said. Liz, you said that because... Well, I said I didn't think they were grounded, but but now he's saying they were tangled right in the tower, which uh, means that I was wrong because I thought they were in the wires. Like, I thought they were just hanging in the wires. That's what it looks like but, to me uh, in the pictures. They, I don't know. Yeah, if, if, if they were... I mean, they wouldn't get electrocuted unless the, the, the current found a ground, so... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm not sure. So I, I think the way that I think that he must have hit the wires at first, and then yeah. somehow got lodged into the yeah. tower. Yeah, he is wedged itself. in the tower. There, you can see how yeah. he is. But anyway, anyway, I don't know how. Because they weren't electrocuted. Yeah, yeah exactly. And they had to spend that hour and a half or whatever it was to they kind could of have shut had, off power. They could. Yeah. Oh, it was more than an hour and a half, wasn't it? Seven hours. Well, I mean, I think that there? they had to, to before the rescue rescuers could go up there and try to get them out. Could of the even airplane. approach. Yeah. I mean, just yeah, the procedure to it. turn off the power and bond or whatever, the cables um, took 
took a quite you know quite a lot of time. I uh, believe Hillel, who is often in your shower, often mm-hmm. flies in and out of that airport. I think yeah. that's quite a local airport to him. So I think you're I think right. He knows it quite well. I think you're right. Maybe he has uh, some more information to add to this whole story. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, in this particular article from which I'm reading, and I'm, I think this is the one from the Washington Post, that a this, I have it highlighted here, Liz. A DC pilot with the same name and age survived at least one crash before. On August 4th, 1992, oh. a single-engine plane piloted by Patrick Merkel struck the side of a mountain in Farmington Canyon, Utah, according to an account in the Salt Lake Tribune. Part of the wings and tail section were ripped off as the, pl- <laughs> the plane flew through pine trees, the newspaper account said, and the fuselage wow. crashed into the side of the mountain. So, so that's 30 years ago. So he was in his 30s then when that one yeah. happened. So this is not his first rodeo. I mean, no, airplane crash. No. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and apparently in both cases, um, he uh, got out of it relatively unscathed. Maybe he's gone to buy a lottery ticket now. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, so that was something you don't normally see, do you? No, that's a goodie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, anything okay. else to uh, say about no, that that's before it. we move We're on? almost at the half hour mark. We're just a couple of minutes to the half hour mark, just okay. so you know. Thank you very much. That's something that Liz will usually say to me that um, you don't hear. And neither do yeah. the. Uh, it's the exciting, rest of the isn't it? Yes, it, it's exciting. They're, they're getting a peek behind the scenes. I know. All right. The Second. curtain has been. Yeah. Don't show them too much, though. Yeah. No. <laughs> Got to tease. Uh, let's see. News uh, incident SkyWest E175 at Newark on November 21st, 2022, pitch trim runaway. And this is from the Aviation Herald. A SkyWest Embraer 175 on behalf of Delta Airlines, registration November 603, Charlie Zulu, performing flight 3700 from Newark, New Jersey to Minneapolis, Minnesota with 81 people on board, was climbing through about 3700 feet out of Newark's runway 22 right when the crew declared an emergency reporting a pitch trim runaway and they needed to return to Newark immediately. The aircraft positioned for an approach to Newark's runway 22 left Cleared to land on runway 22 left. When established on final approach, tower requested them to sidestep to runway 22 right due to separation to the pre, uh, preceding landing aircraft becoming too close and cleared them to land on runway 22 right. The aircraft landed safely on runway 22 right about 12 minutes after departure. Okay. And the reason why Liz kind of picked this out, she thought it was interesting because of the fact that they had them sidestep to a parallel runway, uh, and this is the emergency aircraft with the pitch trim runaway. And uh, there are a lot of comments in the Is it kind here. of odd that they did that to Yeah, you? I thought is, so. Is that kind of strange? I thought that was, okay. you know, once you're established and you have a, you know, you have your hands full with an abnormal flight control issue, um, probably flying yeah. faster than um, normal because, you know, you're not able to, you know, when you change speeds in an airplane, you have the trim to trim out all the heavy uh, control pressures that you would normally have to hold um, if you didn't have the capability of trimming um, some of these uh, control surfaces. And so they're having to basically fly the airplane uh, at a speed that 
so you don't the, the loads aren't too high so you have a little bit of you know controllability mm -hmm. but that's generally going to be mean that you know normally you'd be at a slower speed coming in for landing and you'd have your um uh your flaps out and your gear down and you want to be as slow as you can be right because you have a lot of energy you have to dissipate but because the pitch trim ran away uh that means that you're holding a lot of force on the on the control yoke and so uh, mm -hmm. to kind of help alleviate some of that pressure. They're probably flying a lot faster than they normally would on this approach. I don't have any of the radio exchange, or I haven't heard it myself. I did look for it, but I couldn't find it. Um, so I don't know exactly how this whole exchange occurred with the tower controller, giving him clearance to land on 2-2 left, you know, letting him know that there's a preceding 737 on the runway that hasn't cleared yet. And I don't know why at some point before this, the tower controller didn't say, hey, let's move the 737 out of the way, have them go around, clear the uh, airport, you know, bring them back around for another approach so that this emergency aircraft, which should have that prior priority, uh, could, you know, stay on the runway that they briefed and they're, you know, all set up for and they're on final approach for. Now, it wasn't super close, you know, like wasn't short final. I think it was between two and three miles from landing but still a lot of people are going to argue you don't do that you know the the emergency aircraft has the priority they should have stuck with letting them land on two to left and not made them sidestep to two to right and the only so the they only... would have they would have potentially made the a preceding airport airplane go around yeah. like get out of the way right and let these guys go straight in yeah and if i were the preceding yeah. aircraft listening to the radio and not just listening to um communications that are prepended with my call sign. And a lot of you out there, you know what I'm talking about. Either you do it or hopefully not because you listen to our show and so you're smarter and more capable pilot than normal. But there are a lot of people out there, probably most of the people that aren't listening to our show, uh, who don't really hear or listen to anything else going on in the frequency unless it's preceded by their call sign. <laughs> and those people really frustrate me. But if I were that 737 guy, and heard that I got an emergency airplane behind me, and I could hear that this is kind of becoming a situation where this guy is going to have to do something different behind me. I I would may have volunteered, hey Tower, I can go around. You know, you want me to go around and move mm -hmm. out of the way so that guy can land on the runway that you've cleared him to land on. Again, I wasn't there. I haven't uh -huh. heard the radio exchange, so maybe maybe there was that kind of exchange going on. I don't know. And the only the only positive thing that I can say, um, that I, right offhand anyway, knowing what I know, which is not much, um, for landing mm -hmm. and sidestepping, I mean, not in general, I mean, of this incident, <laughs> but maybe you could apply that to my knowledge level in general as well, um, is that if you sidestep to two to right, and I looked at the uh, approach plate for and the, and the airport diagram for these two runways at Newark, both of which I've used many, many times in my career, the takeoff runway, in general, they're normally a little bit longer runway. Um, it, it does have a displaced threshold, so it's not, you know, as long as what you see, you know, printed as the actual length of the runway. So it's a little bit shorter, but a little bit, about 1,000, 1,500 feet longer than 2-2 left. So the sidestep maneuver did give them a little extra runway to land on. So that's, I think, I would say a positive. Um, obviously, right. the captain thought that in this situation it wasn't an unsafe maneuver to make the sidestep to two to right and land on that runway so again 
maybe there's more information that's become available since, you know, since this was published. Um, and maybe somebody out there listening knows something more about this than, than we do here at APG. But Fill that was in. That was, yeah, and that was my impression, Liz. Uh, and because, you know, you, you were cur- curious because you're thinking, yeah, they should have given been given priority and just cleared everybody out of the way, right? Because that's what an emergency, you know, when declaring yeah. an emergency or yeah, May Day that's what I thought. does yeah. is it kind of yeah. gives you ultimate priority over anything. And honestly, right. um, the captain can do whatever he deems is the best thing to do and the safest thing to do. So, I mean, if he didn't right. think that the 737 ahead on the runway was going to be uh, a safety issue, he could have, using his emergency authority, uh, continued to land on 2-2 left. But I'm guessing that... He analyzed the situation and thought, I can make this little... The, the runways are not that far apart. It's not like they're ones on one side of the airport and ones on the other side of the airport, like, say, some of the runways are in Toronto, Pearson, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're quite a ways apart. Mm-hmm. Um, they're relatively yep. close together. Yep. So it's not like they're big, making a huge maneuver to, you know, sidestep to another runway. And I think the conditions at the time were uh, VMC, visual... Uh, meteorological conditions so um, not like well, they were turned out fine it was just interesting to me That's yeah it. you're right though that that uh that question that you had like should they have done that you know should shouldn't they have moved the other guy around or whatever and yeah i i, yeah, I think yeah. they should have yes all right uh, okie dokie next now here is an airline with some flare or maybe they yeah. Maybe they flared too high. I don't know. It's a flare. Uh, F-L-A-I-R. This is an ultra-low-cost Canadian airline. Okay. Ultra-low-cost Canadian airline. Oh, I don't have to repeat what you're saying, Liz. Everybody can hear you. Um, A flare airline, again, from uh, the Aviation Herald. A flare airline's Boeing 737-800 registration, Charlie Foxtrot Lima Charlie, performing flight 501 from Vancouver, B.C. to... Kitchener? Is that the way you Kitchener, pronounce it? Kitchener, yep. Kitchener, Kitchener. Ontario. Yep, about uh, 60 miles west of Toronto or so. Okay. Uh, with 134 passengers and six crew, landed on Kitchener's runway 26 at 625 local time uh, in the morning, but overran the end of the runway and came to a stop with all gear on soft ground about 140 meters or 470 feet past the runway end. There were no injuries. The aircraft sustained minor, if any, damage. Uh, the passengers disembarked via stairs and were bussed to the terminal. Canada's TSB have dispatched investigators to the site. And uh, let's see, I'm scrolling through some notums here. I think most of these have occurred after the incident. Looks like the weather there at the time was uh, anywhere from... Uh, broken, overcast, to few, to scattered. So I can't really tell. Let's see, what time did they say? 6.25 local 6.25 time? 6.25 in the morning. 11.25 Z. So let me see if I can find the METAR that's closest to 11.25. Looks like this one here at, um, yeah, 13.19. Uh, winds were 300 degrees, 19 gusting, 27. So the, yeah, it's kind of windy. Um, good visibility, nine statute miles, 1,200 broken, 1,700 overcast. So it's not a beautiful VFR kind of day. 
It's uh, definitely uh, flying an instrument approach. Uh, temperature four, dew point two. Uh, so, you know, they're flying an instrument approach. All uh, runways and taxiways are wet. So possibly a little slippery. Oh, here's the one that's actually highlighted um, for the time frame that they landed. Yeah, light rain, three miles visibility, 600 over. So it's a category uh, one ILS approach. And they, I don't know how, how they managed to do it, but I don't know if they landed long or they had some kind of a malfunction with the airplane as far as, you know, you know, adding some friction uh, to stop uh, before they went sailing off the end of the runway. Uh, if you're wondering about the runway itself, looks like the uh, runway is 7,000 feet long by 150 feet wide. And uh, so that should be sufficient for that type of aircraft if you touch down in the touchdown zone and you have fully operating thrust reversers and um and brakes i mean reverse gear um mm, and uh, yes. yeah thrust reverse and uh and landing um you know your your brakes are working just fine so that's all we know at this point i don't know if there are any updates i'm assuming that it's probably an older aircraft i think these uh, startup airlines mm -hmm. acquire older aircraft. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it, mm -hmm. it does mean maybe that they could have had some mechanical. Who knows? I Possibly. It's, you know, it's a 737-800, so it's one of the new generation airplanes. I mean, yeah, you're right. It could be. Right. I mean, they've been yeah. around for a while, so could be that right. uh, there was some kind of a mechanical. But you can have a mechanical issue on a brand new airplane, too. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't know if it was operator error. They just touched down too long or they delayed in getting the reversers out or I don't know. So hopefully we'll, we'll hear we'll an update. We'll watch for the report. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's a sad one, uh, the next uh, item D. Um, a uh, death toll rises to four in uh, Sonomish County plane crash. The aircraft broke apart in midair. Now here's an interesting one. I believe... Well, I, I know for sure that the airplane involved here was a caravan, a Cessna 208 Bravo, crashed at around 10.20 a.m. east of Harvey Field Airport in Sonomish County after about an hour uh, after taking off from Renton, Washington. Um, and at first, I think they thought that uh, they were flying the this particular flight as a test flight. Why don't you show that next one, Liz, again? It yeah. shows the uh, kind of the flight path uh, in a three-dimensional um, manner, um, doing all kinds of flying in circles and different patterns and going up and down vertically, um, doing some kind of a testing maneuver. The caravan has a – I kind of wish that Steph was on because she is checked out on the caravan. Uh, it has an underbelly pod for luggage and cargo, that kind of thing. Um, I believe that the – a couple of the people that were um, basically chartering this flight or renting this airplane or whatever uh, are from a company uh, called, uh, let's see if I can find the name of the company here, um, Reister or something like that. I can't find it. I should have highlighted it. Anyway, um, it's a company that, that makes modifications to these um, these underbody 
uh, pods that you see commonly on uh, the caravans. And Raise, think, raise back. Wasn't raise it Raisebeck Engineering? Yeah, raise and at first I think they thought engineer. that they, maybe they had one of the ones that they make and modified on it. But apparently, no, it was this particular airplane had the, the, uh, the OEM, the original uh, underbody uh, thing on the bottom of the caravan. And they were doing maybe like setting some baselines for performance and speeds and stall speeds and that kind of thing. Um, and obviously something went wrong during these maneuvers. And uh, the, uh, one of the uh, witnesses said that they, they were at the Sonomish golf course on Friday morning when he heard a pop and looked south and saw the plane emitting lots of smoke. It was spiraling down and then it was followed by a detached wing. So, based on the witness report, at least this one, and probably more, uh, looks like whatever they were doing with the airplane uh, caused the wing to break off. And I can tell you, I've never experienced that before. (laughs) I never hope to. But I can tell you, you don't want to, I bet. It's not something you want to do. No. The airplane doesn't fly really, really well with only one wing. And uh, so they're still investigating this. Um, this particular uh, incident. And I guess at first they thought there were two on board, but now apparently they've determined that uh, four people in total were on the airplane and lost their lives. Um, you know, I, that helicopter crash, Liz, I think I might We'll skip, skip. that. Yep. Yeah. I yep. meant to mention that before, but uh, we can move. Oh, you know, and also right. the next one, the F. Let's save that for Steph. Yep. Uh, because it involves a medical incident. Very interesting, I thought. Um, But we can talk about this, Liz, this last one in the news. Let's talk about this one, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to uh, cover it, or you want me to continue? No, you keep going. Okay. Keep going. So, let's see. Oh, I know where this is from. (laughs) I knew it. Paddle your own canoe. canoe. (laughs) I do love these stories, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, oh, there's a picture here of this beautiful woman in this amazing dress. A French bride recently got married in the heart of romantic Paris, Paris, but she was keen to get her honeymoon underway. And then she immediately eloped to the airport with her new husband and jumped on a flight to Venice whilst she was still wearing her enormous wedding dress. Now, I'm wouldn't gonna... you like to be sitting next to her? No. In that dress. Well, I don't know. On the plane. She's pretty attractive. Uh, But I would imagine that since she was just married, you know, minutes or hours before, she probably wouldn't have any interest in any other man. So, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, that thing would be, I don't know what, how, what would they do with all that dress? Well, some of those dresses have a detachable, like sometimes the train is detachable. I don't know, but. Anyway, Could be. Who knows? But then it wouldn't be. A, it wouldn't be a really good news story. Would wouldn't it? be a story though. No. Now the term elope. I always thought that meant. Yeah. Not. I agree. Getting I, married, you no. and your partner. You know. Well, just you run away to get away. married. You don't yeah. do it like she'd already had a, a ceremony, so she's not eloping to the airport. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the appropriate going. word. I even yeah. looked it up and I pasted. Probably a translate. Well, no, I don't think it is a translation. I don't think so. But anyway, I, who knows? Yeah. I think whoever wrote this, if you're listening to our show, that was not the right word to use. Anyway. No, wrong word. um, In fact, it wasn't just the plane that the bride continued to wear her wedding dress on. 
posing for some pretty stunning wedding photos close to St. Mark's Square and in other famous spots through, throughout Venice. Okay, this whole structure of these paragraphs is, 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 is frustrating for me. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. The bride, who is an entrepreneur, a keen traveler, and founder of the luxury M Concept Store, never heard of it, sent a video of her unusual flight to Air, uh, to Air France, who couldn't help but share the video with its 1.2 million Instagram followers. Liz, do you know, um, do we have that many followers on our Instagram? Oh, I'm sure we do, Jeff. I mean, we, we post so much content <laughs> well, out so. there, we must have. Well, if not, you know, you out there, come on, get on the stick and, um, you know, follow us on Instagram. Subscribe. Do we have something on Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if we have. Uh, Is that the thing that much. Steph says she's always going to update? I think Nick does try and put up the oh, weekly okay. cover art on there. But, okay. Uh, yeah, so we, we probably it. have at least 1.2 million followers. I'm sure. Anyway, um, on her own Instagram page, Geraldine also shared photos of her journey with Air France and through Charles de Gaulle Airport. I did it, Geraldine. Geraldine wrote to accompany a video of her running through the airport in her designer La Marie Capricius gown. I have no idea. How would you pronounce Capricius. it? Oh, Capricius. Oh. Nice. Capricius. Ooh la la. Uh, she shared the hashtag, hashtag, take off for a new life to go with the video. If you're searching for the man of your life, never stop believing, she wrote. Wow. That's something else. It's very inspirational, eh? Yeah. And this is, and here's another quote from her. Because there might be a day or a night, maybe when you least expect it, it'll hit you in the corner of your face without screaming. <laughs> <laughs> this must be, that's, she must be French, and it must be some kind of a she is French, translation yeah. to Internet English that yeah. just doesn't really work. I think I think maybe it's like slap in the face might be better. Ah, okay. Like slap. Oh, like you'd scream without somebody hitting you, and like slapping you in the face. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just thought. Anyway, it was, not really it was aviation, fun. but interesting. Yeah, sort of. There was an airplane in there and an airport. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That qualifies. An, an attractive woman. Yeah. We all like that. All right. Yeah. Um, well, most of us anyway. All right. What do you think we yeah. uh, get on with the getting to know? Yeah. Here we go. You. Get in to know me. Oh, I can use the real words. Get into all about me. Get into like me. Get into hope you'll like me too. All right. Getting to know us, me, you, everybody, the part of the show where we kind of get caught up with what's been happening. I've already kind of done a little bit of that at the beginning of the show, but um, uh, just a, let's say I've flown a, what did I fly? I oh, I um, I think the last time we did a show was, was that before Thanksgiving or after? Yes, it was before Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes, what? It was before Thanksgiving. So I did spend yeah. uh, Thanksgiving with um, my favorite uh, uh, first officer, Brent, and his family. Uh, up in Cartersville, Georgia, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm looking out the window here in my hotel room, and the big, giant snowflakes are falling out of the sky here in Madison, Wisconsin. I lied, Jeff. We did the last show on Black Friday. Oh, that's right. We did it after Thanksgiving, and I think I do remember now talking yeah, about yeah. 
my experience with Brent and his family. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And um, his mom. Yeah. Yeah. And his mom and all that and, uh, amazing amounts of food and all that kind of thing. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, the next week I was pretty much off, uh, until Thursday of the next week and busy though. I wasn't just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. I was, uh, you know, busy with this latest, uh, house closure thing and all the other things happening in my life. So, um, I left on a trip on Thursday uh, through Saturday, and uh, it wasn't with Brent. It was with a, uh, a relatively new pilot for Acme, and uh, she was great. Uh, her name's Courtney. I won't give her her last name. You know, I got to keep the innocent, uh, the the reputation of the innocent. Uh, the names intact. have been changed to protect the innocent. Exactly. Um, and anyway, it was a lot of fun. Great person, and um, we. Um, I did. I was reminded once again. Now, please don't take this the wrong way, dear listener. If you only fly on the weekends, I'm not talking about you. But there is a certain higher percentage on the weekends that don't fly during the week. You know, people that probably don't fly as often as they... Not your business travelers. Not business travelers, for sure. And, uh, right. and later in the day, there was this gate agent in Atlanta that just... I, she was just horrible with with passengers oh. and I'm thinking that's not, that's not the kind of job you should have when you interact with people, even interacting with me. I walked out there, we brought the jet in, we were going to take it back out to wherever we were going. And, and, and she looks over at me and then she points to the printer with like, I don't know how many tens of feet of uh, flight plan are all over the ground on the floor. There's your flight plan. <laughs> Usually, I think it's actually part of their job. They're supposed to take the thing and fold it up and, you know, hand it to us. That was helpful. And, oh, it was very helpful. Yeah, there's your flight plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Thank you. And then I'm listening to these interactions she's having with passengers. One passenger has three items. You can only have two. And she was all upset because her bag, the big bag that the gate agent wanted her to check, had her uh, oxygen, not oxygen, uh nebulizer or something and had lithium batteries and she goes well you're not allowed to take you know check the lithium batteries right and i said yes uh, you'd have to take those out and i'm trying not to get too involved here but poor lady she's just getting snapped at and snarked at by the gate agent and i'm thinking you know maybe you should do a different job here at acme um but uh, and then uh, this guy comes walking up very large gentleman uh and he's you can you can tell that he's almost been running or walking very quickly or whatever. He's just a sweat ball breathless. and breathless. And and he he walks up to um, you know I'm behind the counter folding up my flight plan that's been all over the floor. Um, and he and he he shows up and I think he's got his passport or something and tickets in his hand. He goes, boom! He slams it on the counter. We got a problem. <laughs> I'm like oh gosh. <laughs> I don't want to be part oh of this. And I'm thinking, are you oh. waiting for the explosion? Yeah. I'm thinking, I don't want to be here. I want to be anywhere but here right now. And, uh, yeah. she goes, what, what, not, not, this is what a good agent would say. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, sir. What, what, what happened? What, what can we help you with? No, it was like, well, you got it. You made it here. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> he said that the airline had misposted the gate for this flight to Dulles, Washington International. Well, and he said, it was all like B-33, like the end of the concourse and B, and I'm thinking to myself, hmm, the airplane that I fly at the Atlanta International Airport, we never operate out of B. So that flight, 
that he was looked up on the on the screens was probably Washington National Airport. Oh. Not Washington Dulles Airport. And I think when he finally got to the gate, somebody informed him that no, that's that's not the flight that you're looking for. That's in two concourses over. So you better get going because they're in the midst of their boarding process. Anyway, so basically he screwed up. He looked at the wrong flight, the wrong gate, and I didn't want to say that to him, so I just kept my mouth shut. He was still bitching and moaning, getting off the airplane up in uh, Washington, Dulles. Oh, wow. Really? Luckily, he wasn't completely crazy and he wasn't one of those uh, people that we cover on the show yes. with uh, un, you know bad passenger right. behavior. Uh, so I guess he behaved himself. Did you not see another crew member on that trip? Um, what do you mean? Dr. Steph? On, oh, on that trip. I thought you meant that flight. Yes. <laughs> no. I no, Remember Dr. Steph on my flight from Atlanta to... Yes, I did. <laughs> the uh, day, day one. Uh, day one, At the end yeah, of the day, I happened to end up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I got to see one of the APG crew members, uh, co-host uh, Dr. Steph, and she picked Not me up. Not that we have pictures or recording or anything, but... Well, I, you know... Again, you got to protect the innocent, Liz. So uh-huh. I'm thinking, you anyway, know, I would, it nice. would have been completely unflattering uh, pictures of Dr. Steph and, and, and not appropriate behavior. So, no, I'm just kidding. Um, she, <laughs> there, you know, Steph, she's always, she always looks good in the pictures. There's no such thing as always, an unflattering always. photo. Uh, but yeah, so I got to meet up with her. We went to a place that we had been to before, Bulla, B U L L A next to Cowfish. I know these are interesting names for restaurants, but not far from the hotel that we stay in and uh, the South Park area of Charlotte. So uh, enjoyed that. And yeah, uh, pretty, pretty decent trip. Um, and uh, then I was off, got home on Saturday, sang at my church for the vigil mass. And then the next uh, day, Sunday, sang uh, my usual one, two, three, four, masses and got to wow. see my youngest daughter again for a, a little period had a, a lunch with her on sunday afternoon and then uh, got back to the house and packed up the bag and set out for this trip that i'm on right now a three-day trip uh, early morning in fact so early when brent my favorite first officer showed up i looked over at brent and i said did we see that the sign-in time for this trip is 6.15 or 6.21. It's like really early in the morning. Um, and goes, yeah, apparently that was something we overlooked. And we're <laughs> doing the same trip again on next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But it's a pretty good trip other than some very, very early mornings. Uh, we ended up in Evansville. Um, Evansville. Indiana uh, yesterday. Last night. Never been there. Yeah, yeah. last night. Deadheaded from Atlanta to Evansville. And then this morning, uh, kind of crappy weather there, low visibility, low ceilings, uh, tower-closed procedures. And I, I said to Brent, yeah, this is not ideal. I've never, ever been to this airport, and I didn't even fly into the airport. So uh, it was kind of kind of unusual. Uh, but we managed to uh, find the taxiways uh, to the correct runway and launched ourselves into the sky before the tower opened up and got ourselves to Atlanta. So... Uh, and now we're here in Madison. So cool. 
I asked Brent if he wanted to join us on the show, and I think based on his last experience with us, uh, uh, he was way too talkative the last time. Yeah, way yeah. I told too him, talkative. look, you know, I'd like to have you join us, Brent, but you just like uh, monopolized, monopolized the show, the conversation. Nobody could get a word in edgewise. <laughs> just kidding, of course. Um, but uh, so anyway, he he has some some other things that he has some tasks that he has to do. And uh, we're going to meet up after we finish. That's what he told you anyway. That's what he, yeah, that was his excuse. (sighs) Anyway. um, So maybe some cover art now from the last show? Why don't we show the cover art from the last show? (laughs) And uh, the the title of the show, Bang Bang Chicken. And again, Captain Nick, you know, did an amazing job with the uh, the cover art there. Uh, So how do we describe it? I just love the chicken with the machine gun. Yeah, there's a chicken with a machine gun. That really makes me laugh. What's what's the name of the uh, the sheriff, uh, the cartoon? Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam. He's got both pistols out and blazing. Yeah. uh, And he's got a nice... But his APG merch, he's wearing his APG hat. He does have his APG hat uh, on the uh, APG logo on the brim. And, and uh, then there's le- Foghorn Leghorn there. Mm-hmm. It looks like the sort of like the OK Corral or one of those settings yeah. in the old, old West, Wild West. Right. And yeah. some kind of shootout going on. That's obviously why, you know, Bang Bang Chicken. Of course, that has nothing bang, to do with bang, bang Bang Chicken that we talked about on the last show. I think it had something to do more oh. with like eating, like a chicken preparation, right? I think. No, no. It was about no. the woman that had the gun in her oh, in the yeah. raw chicken. Trying it did to get have it something to do with <laughs> it did have something to do with guns and chickens. Yeah, the raw chicken. Okay. Good point. I've already dumped all that. <laughs> I've forgotten completely what we were yeah. talking about. Anyway, uh another great job, Nick. Thank you. Um so check that out. Uh it should be um well on episode 546 that's in the show 546, notes 546 yeah yeah yep so when you're listening to that episode on your podcast client software or you want to go to our website airlinepilotguy.com you can see the uh, cover art there sorry oh no problem one hour mark one hour mark again see that's the stuff i hear <laughs> i don't even hear it anymore hardly sorry i usually turn it off but i didn't that time no you don't <laughs> no i don't <laughs> I try to. Yeah. I do try. Sometimes you do. Uh, that's all right. I'm, as I said, I'm used to it. That's the stuff that, you know, this I don't even hear anymore. Uh, let's see. Coffee we do fun have, time. We do have uh, coffee fun stuff, so let's do that. Let's sing. This will be great with the latency. Johnny, how much more coffee? No thanks. I love coffee. I love tea. I love the APG community. Coffee and tea, and the Java and me. A cup, a cup, a cup, a cup, a cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Coffee fun. That's your way, dear listener, watcher, person, to support us in a financial way. Lots of ways to support us. Telling people about the show, sending us in feedback, all that stuff. But these people actually put their money where their mouth is, or where their podcast client finger pushing I don't know where I'm going with that anyway um, so a couple different ways to do that one is called the coffee fund classic method and since the last show uh, one-off donations to the show from Paul Brinkley thank you Paul and of course we've seen this guy before Mazuts Karim uh, sends sends in another 
nice contribution. Thank you very much. We do appreciate you. And some feedback on the show. Oh, hey, yeah, some feedback as well. Cool. All right. And uh, also, you can become a patron of the show. And since the last episode, we have Ed, who is already a patron, but he went from the second lowest category to the highest level of patronage. He's a senior executive producer. He doubled his weekly pledge. Wow, you are amazing, Ed. I put his name in like big letters. Ed. Ed is the man. You You are the the man. man. Here, that deserves this. An applause. Way to go, Ed. Thank you very much. We do appreciate it. We and we you know several patrons have uh, decided to go away, so that really helped make up for that loss, uh, Ed. So thank you very much. It's a revolving door of patrons. So if you want to check out Patreon, head over to Airline Pilot Guy. No, don't do that. Well, you could do that. You can go to airlinepilotguy.com/coffee, and then that'll take you to Patreon or the uh, PayPal site, or you can go directly to Patreon by going to patreon.com/airlinepilotguy, and as I like to say, you'll be glad you did, and we will too, especially we. We will be very happy with you if you do that. All right. So now is the point of the show. I'll be right where back, we... Jeff. I'm just taking, just okay. going to cl- let Poppy out just okay. for a sec. I'll be right very back. Very good. I'll just keep on going while you're doing that. And uh, I'm going to play this thing here, the feedback sounder. <laughs> Incoming message. Sorry if that was too loud. It was kind of loud in my ears. Anyway, uh, we'll start off uh, with some audio feedback from Simon. And he said, hello, APG. Just sending you a little bit of audio feedback regarding the steer fail, S-T-E-E-R fail on the E-175, the Embraer uh, 175, after the recent news item on an AAIB, Air Accidents Investigation Branch Report. Back. Hey, welcome back, Liz. Hope it's not too dull or uh, too dull. And as ever, don't feel obliged to use it. Well, too late, Simon. We feel we feel obliged. No, it was it's good feedback. Uh, he says, thanks ever, as ever, for the brilliant show. So let's listen to Simon's audio feedback. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, APG crew. It's Simon here from the UK. Got a little bit of feedback for you uh, regarding APG 541, specifically the Eastern Embraer 175, which landed with the horizontal stabilizer issue and then subsequently had a steer fail on landing. And it's particularly regarding the steer fail, where I know um, you guys were perhaps a little bit critical of the crew and their decision making there. Um, and I personally felt that was a maybe a little bit harsh, particularly if you remember the words of uh, Captain Dana, who always used to say he didn't want to, what was it, Monday morning quarterbacking, I think. Um, so let's have a think about why why I'm perhaps taking a slightly different tack on this one. Um, steering system on the Embraer is simple enough, but it's different to an Airbus or a Boeing. There's no steering bypass pin on here. Instead, we've got a switch on the side of the fuselage. It's in the same cupboard that they connect the AC power to. And by turning that switch off, it achieves the same as a steering bypass pin. Now, the way that they know the steering is bypassed is there's a green light on the nose gear. As long as that switch is in the off position 
and the parking brake is released and the crew aren't applying any pressure to the brake pedals and there are no system problems then the green light comes on so that's the equivalent of having the bypass pin installed additionally the crew have got a switch on the rear of the control column it's kind of in the same location that you might find the transmit switch on a lot of aircraft so it's by your index finger the first officer has one captain has one and the way that switch is used is you instinctively pull it if there are any problems at all with the steering say a steering runaway and it puts the system into a freewheel castering mode which is the mode that jeff talked about also, the steering can be controlled through the rudder pedals or through a steering tiller. If you want to use the steering tiller on the Embraer, it's got a slightly interesting system whereby it's only on the captain's side. And to engage the steering via the tiller, what you do is push down on the tiller. It's a spring-loaded switch and maintain it held down. All the time that's done, the rudder pedals do nothing uh, in terms of steering. They can still operate the rudder, obviously, but not the nose wheel steering. And the tiller has priority if it's not held down, then the rudder pedals steer the aircraft and the tiller does nothing. And it's all through a steer-by-wire system. So that, that's the basic overview of things. So what I have here is the Embraer QRH4 steer fail. Um, I've had one of these in real life and it wasn't so much of an issue. Um, in fact, the captain in that particular instance... Uh, and bear in mind, I was quite junior. I think nowadays I'd have words to say about it. But he actually uh, vacated the runway at Doncaster. Uh, sadly, just shut now. Uh, but Doncaster International Airport. And um, managed to do the full taxi back onto stand and part the aircraft with steer fail using just differential uh, braking and thrust. Probably not the wisest thing to do. And But we all learn from these things, right? Um Okay, so going on to the QRH, the first question that you get is in flight. So it's a yes or no option. If it happens in flight, which wasn't the case for this particular crew at Eastern, it just says, yes, during landing, steer the airplane using differential braking and rudder, which is what they did. The other option is no. And for no, it says during taxi, perform smooth radius turns using differential braking if necessary and then following that there's a little bit more which says when it is practical to stop the airplane emergency parking brake apply so we're carrying this out under the airplane secured with the parking brake on then steer disengage switch press and hold that's the switch on the back of the control column nose wheel steering handle press and release and then steering disengage switch release so what we're doing is a system reset and trying to regain the steering on the ground. We don't do that in the air, but on the ground we can do it. And ideally that fixes the problem. Now it's not apparent from the um, from the news item whether the crew actually carried out that particular thing. And I think you could probably take them to task over that if they didn't do. Where I think there's a little bit of difficulty for me is were they in flight? Well... They'd landed, hadn't they? Um, so it was in the landing rollout that this occurred. And you would think in the case of a no, then the QRH tends towards you being at taxi speed, being able to uh, bring the aircraft to a halt, get the QRH out and have a little look. 
Um, but that's not the case during the landing roll. So I would tend towards more being in that in-flight regime where it just says steer the airplane using differential braking and rudder, which is what they did. Um, difficult one, isn't it? Now, what we don't know is whether the crew were familiar with the QRH and this particular item. Some crews are. Um, and if you knew that it says that, then I can't see that that's a huge problem taxiing the aircraft clear of the runway using the procedure outlined in the QRH anyway. Or maybe they had really good systems knowledge and knew that when you go into a steering fail or steer fail, the um, aircraft is in freewheel mode so that you can use differential braking, thrust um, and a bit of rudder at higher speeds. But the point that uh, Rick was making, I think, was this is going to be a difficult one if it goes wrong and the insurance company become involved. And yeah, I agree. Boeing, Airbus, many types, you could be taken to task. But ultimately, it's in black and white that you should steer this aircraft after a steering fail using differential braking and rudder, which is exactly what the crew did. So that's why I feel... Uh, criticising them on this particular decision might have been a little bit harsh. That said, if they'd come to the decision to bring the aircraft to a halt on the runway and get a tug and call it a day, as was suggested, nobody would call them to task over that and it would be uh, an entirely sensible decision. As always with these things, there's there's more than one viewpoint. That's just mine and that's with the benefit of quite a bit of experience on the Embraer. Sadly, I don't get to fly that aircraft again um, after my job went south, but um, with a little bit of good news here, um, I'm now a little bit more familiar with the A320, having joined a certain airline uh, which Captain Al, I think, is quite familiar with. Uh, hopefully should be in the aircraft itself uh, come December at the moment, I'm undertaking what must be the longest type rating known to man. But it's all exciting and I'm very, very thankful to be back. And one of the great things that's kept me going um, between flying and not flying and now hopefully flying again is the APG. So I just wanted to say thank you very much indeed to you guys for um, retaining the small amount of sanity I might still have. That's all for now and I will doubtless leave you some more internally boring feedback at some stage thanks ever so much cheerio are you kidding me liz listening to that is the the quality of his audio is just amazing obviously we've even joked around that obviously he's a professional broadcaster or something and i think what did he reply with liz that he did like hospital radio or something like that or oh you're i'm sorry i, I muted you um uh, Go ahead and unmute yourself. Sorry. On uh, stream. Yes, he did some kind of hospital broadcast. I yeah, believe. which is a big thing over there in the UK yeah. uh, that I've never heard of right. before. But um, really, really excellent uh, equipment that he's using, and he's got a great voice, and I can hear the compression expansion and all of the, these great things that he's using. Awesome feedback. And guess and what? The content was great, too. The content was better than the sound of the thing. I mean, they're both, like, top-notch. Uh, and Simon... Don't even 
don't even joke about not sending us more audio feedback. That was awesome. Your knowledge level is great. And you know what? I do believe that we received some feedback after we covered that news item because we didn't know anything at all about the the steering fail uh, system on yeah, the... Yeah, Captain uh, Craig sent something in. Right. He flew the 175 as well, kind of straightened us out as well uh, regarding this, and that's not a not an unusual thing to do. And I think the reason why uh, Miami Rick and the rest of us kind of thought, hmm, you know, why would you do that, is because we're used to this situation occurring in airplanes that we've all flown, and none of them, I guess, have this capability that the Embraer 175 has for you know, actually continuing to uh, taxi the airplane using differential braking and, you know, wide sweeping turns and that kind of thing. And it makes complete sense. So we retract all the bad things that we said about this decision-making regarding. Now... But just great to hear he's flying again. That's Yeah. Oh, yeah. That means we have to, uh, of course, uh, thank you. Congratulations, Simon. That's awesome. Good to hear you're back in the air or will be soon. Uh, he sent this a little while ago, so maybe he's finished his uh, interminable uh, line check. Type think, rating. Or type rating, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. that's great to hear. And please do can, uh, send us more feedback in the future. Um, just uh, you say we have a brilliant show. Well, that was brilliant audio feedback, Simon. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, thank you for uh, trying to keep us above that 50% mark. We do struggle at times, don't we, Liz? We do sometimes, exactly, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, but this time you brought us up to that 50% guarantee. Thank you, Liz. All right. Um, and some more audio from Stefan. Oh, Stefan, our favorite gin guy <laughs> from, yeah. from Hamburg. Um, so let me hit this button here and play his audio feedback. Hey, APG Whoa. team. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Captain Nick. Hi, everybody. This is Stefan from Hamburg calling. You know, the one with a nice sauerkraut accent. That's why it's, I think that's the only reason why you occasionally post my my uh, feedback here. I'd like to give you a small uh, feedback to episode 540. It's a question from Andy about firmware updates. And uh, even though uh, Captain Nick uh, did a very full, a very, very good uh, answer to that um, to that topic, uh, I like to mention one very interesting case about a software update which went horrible wrong and it was the accident, the uh, crash of an A Airbus 400M cargo, the, the fancy new cargo airplane. It happened in May 2015 and they did a test flight and they were taking off um, in an airport in Spain and uh, Shortly after takeoff, they got engine problems and they crashed and uh, uh, five out of six people died in that crash. Very, very sad. And apparently uh, they did a software update on all all the engines at the same time. And by doing that, they um, accidentally erased some parameter necessary for safe operation of the engines and basically they were either frozen in the power setting or even uh, the fuel were cut off uh, shortly after takeoff. That's why the aircraft um, crashed, basically. And, uh, well, that was due to a wrong-done software update and of the FADEC, which means, by the way, fully authorized digital engine control. And especially this fully authorized makes you think about it if there should be 
some kind of button where you can at the end, at the final end, override the software in the engine. Uh, just my uh, 10 cents on this uh, topics. Uh, once again, uh, great show. Continue on and love to hear you soon. Bye-bye. Always great to hear from you, Stefan. Uh, he mm-hmm. says, hi, Jeff. Hi, Liz. Me again, the gin guy from Hamburg. He says, tell me if you need more, honestly. Well, maybe at some point in the future when I have an address again. Anyway, thanks for mailing posting. address. Yeah. yeah, mailing address. Thanks for posting my feedback regarding the gla- glacier spare parts. Yeah, it was our pleasure. Uh, and then he tells us about what this feedback's about. So he also sent in a link to a corresponding wiki article here uh, regarding that A400M crash. That's and sad. Yeah, it really, really is. And just all to a software issue. That's, wow, that's sad. Mm-hmm. really is. Good good uh, feedback there. Thank you, Stefan. And uh, hope to, uh, I know I, I missed you at uh, Oshkosh and hope to uh, get a chance to see you sometime, somewhere uh, in the future. All right. Um, let's move on with um, feedback from um, Matt. Um, he says, no questions, just many thanks. Okay. Uh, so he says, uh, after proofreading this, I have to apologize. Uh, this is a lot longer than expected. That's what she said. <laughs> Hi, airline pilot guys and gals. Hope this finds you well. I'd start by confessing my ha- having a serious case of APG syndrome since XXX episode slash year, but with my habit of listening to new episodes and then older episodes in descending order between releases, I have almost no idea. Besides, I think syndrome is a misnomer since, like disabilities, syndromes are something one shouldn't be embarrassed of. Only kidding. Your droning voices get me through my laborious days as a craft brewer (laughs) in town. Our droning voices. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Droning. Let's see if I can find a... Yeah, let's, let's get see, that talking about like in the this. Air. So that's what we sound like, I think, in his mm-hmm. in his head. Um, it's it, I think syndrome. Let's see. No, your droning voices get me through my laborious days as a craft brewer in a town you once visited to pick up an RV. More on that later. Okay. As a serious Chicago. aside, yeah, I'm on three twenty one. Going down, having started about the beginning of 2022. Oh, episode 321. Uh, when, when I saw eight, with 321, I was thinking an Airbus. <laughs> I know, you're thinking Airbus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after so much listening, I feel I owe something. And since the coffee fund isn't a viable option, my excuses will hopefully be apparent. A simple thank you message felt appropriate. I wouldn't normally include so much about myself, but being a pilot, well, here is my memoir uh, and my grievances. The Friday morning of Air Venture 2022, I arrived in Oshkosh with a secondary mission of meeting Captain Jeff, culminating in a handshake and perhaps a chuckle, primary, of course, being Oshkoshing. Uh, though this was approximately my 10th visit, oh, he's a seasoned Oshkosher, I was astonished to find an incredible number of gray haired, white, mustachioed gentlemen attendees. <laughs> yeah, that's I noticed the same thing. Just look for the guy with the white hair and white mustache. Um, with no other way of making contact with Captain Jeff, I did what came naturally and began by accosting those fitting the bill with, 
Talons, du- no, Talons Douglas. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I can see him walking around. Saying that. <laughs> They're looking. Oh, what kind of Love what it. kind of crazy person is this? I quickly learned gentlemen isn't a term reserved for all male aviation fans. <laughs> <laughs> At least okay. he didn't get punched. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds like he got close. Uh, using the deductive reasoning skills learned through years of watching detective murder shows with my girlfriend, I made my way to the warbird section to find a certain C-47 I'd heard of. Upon reaching this gorgeous Betsy's Biscuit Bomber, I met an older gentleman, this time the term is well-deserved, working on getting the door open. Starting with, beautiful airplane, I asked if he knew Nick. He was proud to say he was Nick's dad. And I asked him, uh, or Hector. and asked how I knew him. Yep, Hector. I, re- I responded by telling him, frankly, I didn't uh, know him, but I'd heard him a lot. He lit up saying, oh, on the podcast? After saying Nick was off at the briefing for the show, he asked what brought me to AirVenture. I gave him an abbreviated version, but this is where the story begins. Though I never did find Captain Jeff, who was gone, thankfully, I didn't bring the gift beer that would have been confiscated at the gate. I said, the guy over there on the scooter is my dad, and the young guy is my nephew. My dad's dad would skip class in high school to take flying lessons. He flew B-24s in the Army Air Corps, along with C-46s and later C-119s, after it was the Air Force. Later, he was a controller at Stanford Field, SDF, Louisville, and eventually taught my old man to fly in a Aronka Champ out of his own farm slash airfield, which still have the house and part of the farm, but that field across from the house was sold. Not long after my dad enlisted with the Guard, uh, let's see, Kentucky Air National Guard at SDF, and went on to serve a tour in Japan as Voodoo Witch Doctor, uh, a.k.a. Uh, RF-101 Crew Chief, with the 165 TRS, which stands for Tactical Reconnaissance Squadron, in 1968 through 69. With a little luck and serving as CFI to the Wing King Sun, he landed a flight school slot and went on to fly the jet he started on as a mechanic. Brief note, on one occasion he took off into IMC, and due to what was later confirmed as erroneous indications from both attitude indicators, graciously and quickly gave the jet back to the taxpayers. <laughs> of course, that's the term we always <laughs> used when you eject. He then flew the RF-4, winning Best Focus 1982, and later the C-130 when Kentucky Air National Guard switched to the 123 STS. 123 STS. Okay. During all of this, he was hired at United and flew many airframes, including being engineer on the same DC-10 Captain Al Haynes had trouble with only the day before. Huh. What did he do to it? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, I wonder if the NTSB knows this information. Of course they do. Uh, let's see. He flew the A320, but sorry, Captain Nick, even though you share a visceral love for the Phantom, it's the 777 that he retired on after nearly 40 years that he claims as his favorite. He was in the scooter at Osh because he had open-heart surgery two weeks earlier. Wow. When we left Betsy's Biscuit Bomber, he made me drive so he could get some exercise. That was in quotes, get some exercise. And didn't drive it again for the day, which earned me some odd looks. Uh, My nephew will be completing the checkride for his private over the Thanksgiving break. Uh, 
Hope he, you know, did well with that. Uh, he discontinued due to weather last month. He is an aeronautical engineer at KSU, Kansas State University, and before my dad's surgery was his student. He began teaching me to fly officially when I was 12 in 1996. I'm still using the same logbook. In a Blanca decathlon. That's a great airplane. A half-hour lesson followed by a half-hour of aerobatics. Spoiled? Perhaps. I soloed in a 152 on my 16th birthday before heading to the DMV, uh, never Department of Motor Vehicles, for those not familiar with those letters, uh, never will be topped as best birthday for me. So that was a great birthday, yeah. He, he had his pilot certificate before he had his driver's license. Pretty cool. And then uh, my instrument rating a few months after graduating with a degree in audiovisual production from Northern Illinois University. Did I mention I grew up under the Western approach to Chicago O'Hare? I fell into brewing beer and for the last 12 years worked my way into what some would consider a decent brewing career. I worked up from cellar rat at a small Southside Chicago brewery to uh, brewing at Revolution Brewing. Oh, they make some amazing beer. I've had Revolution Brewing IPAs that are just kick, kick butt. Uh, to uh, back to uh, his feedback here, to winning a GABF Silver Medical a Medical Silver Medal GABF the. Great American Beer Festival, I think that's what that stands for, G-A-B-F. A silver medal in 2021 at a brewery in Mokina, Illinois. That's where I rented the uh, the, the Class A, Liz. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. things slowed down to COVID and subsequent economic trends, I started building the model airplanes my dad bought when I was young for us to build together. They made for good, dare I say great, gifts for my dad since they were the RF-101 and RF-4 with co- correct squadron markings that he flew. More so, they fed a deep, near-genetic hunger to once again slip the surly bonds as I once had, not as a passenger but a commander, a director of want and will, a pilot. That's what I am and what I will be. Sheesh, that was a bit dramatic, but isn't it? <laughs> uh, when questioned recently of my endeavors, I tried to downplay it, only to return to the statement that flying is a whole unique thing. It is like many things because it requires the knowledge, understanding, and mastery of many things. But then, once those things are realized, all the science figured and the worries checked, you're free. Free in a way that mankind generally is not. True, pilots have been looking down on others since 1903, but it hasn't gone out of style. And it absolutely will not. Speaking of genetics, I failed to mention that my mother and father met in the chicken house, uh, in quotes, on the farm my dad grew up on, my father and dad being the same person. Okay. Uh, He was helping his dad recover wings on a plane belonging to a man who would later become my other grandfather. Her dad taught her to fly to the point of her first solo. She at some point ran through a cow fence, just an electrified wire type, (laughs) just, which ended her foray into aviation. But regardless, as the whole thing goes, I'm 100, 100% pilot, whether I want it or not. My sisters like to fly too, but just to ride to Tahiti or Italy or the like. <laughs> They're both in the medical field, one being a Dr. Steph. In fact, her name is Stephanie. And I've gotten many a back shot, 
due to my occupation of moving heavy stuff frequently. I'll add, not fun, but better in the long run. In closing, I must first thank you for getting me to write this out. There's never been any mistaking my intrinsic connection to flight, from being dressed in a baby-sized flight suit as a newborn to sitting on my grandpa's lap at two years old in a 172 over southern Indiana to yesterday in a 1970-something Aztec knocking out my complex requirements for commercial to my other best birthday, which is number four, sitting an F4 at the guard with my dad. Ah, Flight is special. It is, despite all the science we are taught. P-F-M, which is pure fluffing magic. (laughs) Thanks very much for all you've done and will continue to do. I've had the fortune of traveling the world as S.A., and sat in UAL Ops at Ord after my dad's retirement. Let's see, SA, traveling? Oh, uh, space available maybe? Yeah, probably. Mm. Uh, Non-revenue or space available. Sat in United Airlines operations at Chicago O'Hare after my dad's retirement flight. He was captain of the year once, by the way. Wow, that's something I'll never attain. (laughs) This podcast has brought me back to something that feels like home. Just like arriving at Oshkosh or seeing a sea of blue taxiway lights at night and the green and white flash of a beacon. Mart, or excuse me, Matt Volker. Oh, yeah, and Talons, Douglas. <laughs> wow. Great. Just what a great writer great. you are, uh, Matt. Uh, very, <sighs> very poetic. And what a history. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So much more interesting than mine. (laughs) Um, Too bad you didn't meet up with him, but yeah, I'm sorry. I I know I kind of I I missed several people apparently uh, who showed up on that last Stefan weekend. Yeah, Stefan and Matt, and who knows who else. Uh, I do apologize. I I got there so early that I I I just couldn't take another night in my tent. Uh, I had to pack it up and. Start moving on. (laughs) I was ready to move. Yeah, but as you said, um, I plan on being back again. I don't know if I'll be back next year or not. Maybe I don't know. I'm hopefully hopefully have my my uh, motorhome by then, and I just might go up there for um, some fun and uh, see some of you up there. Um. Anyway, so should I read Nick's response uh, to? That from yeah, Matt. that would be lovely. Yeah, Captain Nick wrote him back and said, Hi, Matt. It's hard to fit a whole family's love of flying and onto a few short pages. I've enjoyed reading it over my breakfast, and I feel I know you all. Thanks for getting my morning off to such a good start. Best regards, Captain Nick. Where is he anyway? He should be here. He's playing I don't a, know. He's playing bowl- a he says bowls he's bowling. game. Yeah, that's what they all bowls. say. He's bowls. Yeah, he's playing with his bowls. Um, so Jeff, we've got yeah. about half an hour to the two hour mark. If you want to go that far, or do you no. just want to choose a couple more, whatever you want? Yeah. I kind of told Brent that I'd be ready to meet up with him for our early dinner at about four o'clock. So, okay. uh, I All think right. that so, maybe let's do this from, uh, Vernon, uh, Vernon Tryon yeah. in, uh, Fort Morgan, Colorado. He says, uh, yep. and I have a couple slides with that. Uh, Dear APG crew, yep, it's I'm with ready. great sadness that yesterday I received in the mail the beautiful 2023 calendar from the commemorative Air Force. I'm convinced that the B-17 featured for the month of April and the P-63 featured for May 
are the two aircraft that tragically collided at the Dallas Air Show a week ago. Of course, he sent this in uh, a while ago. See the attached scanned images, which we're showing in the video here, and I'll have in the show notes. Uh, sad events like this break our collective hearts. Again, that's Vernon, Tryon, and Fort Morgan. Um, God, I miss I miss audio feedback from Vernon. He always has the uh, music playing in the background. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank How you, about, Vernon. Uh, reading Mitchell's and we could wrap it up after Mitchell or maybe okay. after Greg's which, two, um, one or two more, maybe. Okay. Let's, um, which one did Greg? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's do Mitchell. Number seven, Mitchell. Number yeah. seven. Um, let's see. Captain Jeff, your podcast was a huge inspiration to me while grinding my teeth in flight school, flight instructing, and at the regionals. I'm proud to say that as, as of July, I am officially an ACME pilot. Yay! I'd like to thank you for your insight on the industry throughout my journey. I see that we are on different aircraft and I won't have the chance to fly together before your retirement. Bummer. I hope you and your family have a wonderful holiday season, though. Thank you again, Mitchell Mueller. Thank you, Mitchell. Uh, thank you for... These little notes like this really mean a lot to us. Um, and, uh, and, and make us feel like, hey, you know, we're, we're doing more than just yakking uh, every week. And uh, it's, it's making it means something to you, you all or some of you out there. So we do appreciate uh, hearing from you in that way. Um, and uh, let's, yeah. We'll let's, wrap and, it up with Snoopy, yeah, with number do, eight. Oh, okay. Um, number, oh, well, do you want to do eight and 11? Yeah, eight and 11. Let's do that. We can do that quickly. Okay, yeah, that's good. Um, so uh, Greg... Uh, sends us in, Greg Peterson, uh, Saturday, November 26th would have been Charles Schultz's 100th birthday. For listeners outside the U.S., Charles Schultz was the creator of the comic strip Peanuts. Peanuts was started in 1950 and is a comic stri strip primarily about a group of kids, but one of the characters was a beagle named Snoopy. Snoopy fancied himself a World War I fighter pilot and would often set off on missions in his biplane doghouse to seek out and destroy the Red Baron. On November 26th, many comic strips paid tribute to Charles Schultz by featuring characters from the Peanuts comic strip or tributes to common phrases from the comic strip. Many of the tributes were to Snoopy and his piloting skills. I thought that this one from the comic strip Strange Brew was especially appropriate for the airline pilot guy. I've also included the link to the tribute page that shows all the comic strips that paid tribute to Charles Schultz. Enjoy. So the one that he included here that he thought was most appropriate for us here at the APG uh, is being displayed now in the video, and we'll have, again, a link to the uh, to this in the show notes. Um, and uh, he also has a link to the schultzmuseum.org slash tribute. There's, a, there's Snoopy, of course, uh, in his... Uh, piloting outfit, you know, with the uh, the scarf, the red scarf trailing, mm -hmm. or the red and I don't know what his color. goggles and his goggles helmet. Goggles and helmet on top of his little red doghouse, uh, flying off into the distance. And there's a in the foreground of this is uh, uh, the cockpit, the front section of an airliner. Uh, the co-pilot is looking out the window, uh, trying to figure out what he's looking at there. And then the captain is looking straight ahead, not not over to the right where Snoopy is on his uh, doghouse uh, biplane, and he's saying, "We're not reporting that." <laughs> That's, That's awesome. That's great. 
Um, I don't know if you looked at the link at all, Jeff, but some mm. of the cartoons are so clever. It, it really is. It's worthwhile, if everybody, if you see the link, to just go in there and have a look at all these different cartoonists that we're paying tribute. It's great. Yeah. Uh, and I have to admit, I have not done that myself. So I'll do that, and I'll have a link in the show notes. It's great fun. And then finally, also from Greg Peterson, uh, mm-hmm. he says... Um, you were going to share the screen oh, here, Jeff, right? That's right. Okay. I think. Um, he says, hey, crew, th- this is uh, this year's TSA canine calendar. Enjoy. So let me go here to the StreamYard and present and share my screen. And I'm going to pick, uh, let's see, where's that window? I think this is it right here. And share. And uh, if you can uh, make that active, Liz. Mm-hmm. There we go. There's the 2023 TSA canine calendar. And uh, that's their cover art, I guess. Yep. uh, This is 2022 cutest canine winner. Ebers, I guess. E-E-B-B-E-R-S. Rossi is our January model. Uh, A Belgian Malinois and German Shepherd mix. Rick would love that mix. Yeah, he's at the um, Indianapolis International Airport, IND. And uh, February is Messi or Messi? Uh, yellow Messi, Labrador the famous uh, football player. Oh, okay. Li- Lionel Messi, he's a very famous soccer player. He's oh, playing in the World Cup. So I did yeah. not know that. Thank you, Liz. Uh, let's see. She is a yellow Labrador retriever. At uh, DCA, Ronald Reagan, Washington National. Uh, March, the model here is Dusan, I think. Maybe Dusan, I guess. Yeah, Dusan. I guess yeah. uh, German short-haired pointer. And uh, he is, or she is, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what the gender is of this particular doggie. Nope. Um, at the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport, DFW with a nice blue something toy in his, her mouth. Yeah, that's usually their reward. Usually they have some funny little toy that once they find something, that's what makes them crazy. They just love it. So oh. that's probably his, his reward toy. Cool. How do you pronounce this one, Liz? I'd say Joel, but Jolie Joel. or Joel. D-J-O-L-E. Joel. Maybe the D is silent. Uh, a yeah. wire, wire-haired pointing griffin. I've never even heard of that brand. Mm-hmm. Breed, I'm sorry, not brand. Um, and uh, LaGuardia Airport is where you'd find this uh, very, very attractive uh, doggy. And continuing on with, what month is this now? May? Tex Teepee? Teepee. Tex Teepee, I guess. German Shepherd at San Antonio International. Ah, so cute. Uh, Didn't you fly to San Antonio when you went to the race? I did, yes. I flew in and out of San Antonio uh-huh. International. I did not see uh, uh, Tex TP. Um, next month is uh, Ava. Um, she is a German short-haired pointer at uh, DCA. Very, very cute. Uh, continuing on with uh, Sonja. Sonia, I guess Sonia. S Z O N J A. Another German wire-haired pointer uh, at the San Juan International Airport. 
Luis Munoz mm-hmm. Marin International Airport, SJU. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Rick flies there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, July or is it? Um, there's now. there's Ebers again. Ebers, the one that was the uh, the cover girl. Um, uh, uh, Vizla uh, Labrador Retriever, Vizla. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's the the uh, breed that um, Nick and Jilly have. Nick right? and Jilly have. That's right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Very cute. Uh, and in in her mouth is um, her chew toy, or her little special prize, and uh, it has the uh, Kansas City. Um, uh, Chiefs. Know. Chiefs. Thanks. Uh, Chiefs. Yeah, uh, their emblem on the thing that says "Dino Bite." <laughs> I think uh, Kansas wasn't that where uh, Nick Camacho and his son went recently yep. to a Kansas City Chiefs C- game. Certainly yeah. is. Mm-hmm. They went to a K- Kansas City Chiefs game. They did uh, against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Um, next month is Shadow Shaw at uh, Columbus mm-hmm. International Airport. John Glenn Columbus International. Ooh, Jennifer. Uh-huh. Well, no, we don't know for sure uh, if that's her airport or not. Oh, uh, that's gold, true. A golden Labrador sure. retriever. Could be. Maybe not. Maybe for sure. Uh, Tom, <laughs> Tom Magnum uh, at uh, mm-hmm. JFK, John F. Kennedy International Airport. Uh, German short-haired pointer. A lot of the German short-haired pointers in these. Mm-hmm. Must be a good dog for this kind of work. Uh, yeah. Teo, T-E-O. Uh, Teo, another German yeah, Shepherd guess. at uh, Ted Stevens. What a face. Anchorage. Oh, my goodness. Look at that tongue. Alaska. Yeah. Yep. Very cute. Uh, behind uh, behind him, a sign, beware of dog. Yeah. <laughs> Loki. Uh, Loki. In, uh, oh, Louis Armstrong, New Orleans International, MSY. Uh, a Labrador Retriever mix. And... Uh, Finally. Finally, we have, I don't know, Eggsabel? Eggsabel. I don't know. I'm yeah, not sure how you say names. that. Uh, another German wire haired pointer um, at mm-hmm. Raleigh Durham International Airport in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So if you want to uh, check out the TSA calendar, I will uh, have that link for you in the show notes. Thank you, Greg, for sending that in. And that means now we're going to wrap up this week's show, a short show for you, but uh, we just wanted to make sure that you didn't forget about us. We're still here and uh, hope to have a get back into our regular schedule after all the holidays, but we'll try certainly to have at least a couple more here in December for you. And... Uh, we point you over to our website, airlinepilotguide.com. You want to do the honors, Liz? Or you want me to do Sure. This? Okay. No, I can do that. All right. Um, so we're on the social meds, mm-hmm. and we're on facebook.com at airlinepilotguy, and Twitter is at APG Crew. And as Steph always says, the individual Twitter handles of the crew are there as well. You can follow that. And also, we are on Instagram, although we don't do too much there, but we do have a presence. We do. And on Instagram, we're APG Crew as well. And, of course, my buddy. And? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Hello. Somehow always manages to be wherever I happen to be when we're recording the show. Your little shadow. So let's uh, go ahead and see if he... Does he know you're moving so he doesn't turn up at the house and scare the new owners? I'm hoping that he won't know. That way... 
No, I need to make sure that he knows so that he can always be with us and yeah. tell us about Slack. So here we go. Yep, there it is, that familiar sound of the water and the shower. Hey, hello. Hello, Slack? That's okay, you know, that's the price we pay to have you come on over here, get in front of the microphone, and tell us all about Slack. APG listeners, please join us on our Slack team. Slack is a communication, coordination, and sharing platform that works on your mobile, laptop, or browser. On Slack, we share news and ideas, we suggest episode and plain tales topics, we plan events and meetups. To get into the Slack team, please email me at slack at airlinepilotguy.com. That's S-L-A-C-K, Sierra Lima Alpha Charlie Kilo at airlinepilotguy.com. Or send me a tweet with your preferred email address to at Hillel, and I'll send you an invitation. That's Hillel, spelled Hotel India 11 Echo 1, and see you in Slack. Thanks a lot, Hillel. As always, we do appreciate all the help that you give us it's here. It's caught in my zipper, Jeff! <laughs> never good to hear. Well, never good. And as many times as that has happened, you'd think he'd know how to do that. Apparently not. Thanks. All right. And also, thank you so much, Liz. My pleasure. My co-host. And producer, fun. director, assistant, all the things, all the amazing things that you do to make this whole thing sounds so great and uh, all, the, all the work and research and everything you do is, is priceless so thank you and with that we're going to tell you to uh, have a great week great weekend a great holiday season and we want to wish you um, blue skies unlimited visibility and tailwinds take care and god bless bye everybody day.